Let's continue on in our sermon series. Our sermon series is entitled The Pilgrim's Life. Today our text can be found in 1 Peter chapter 3 verses 1 to 7. The way of getting along as husband and wife. And once more, our text can be found in 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 1 to 7. Here Peter is reminding us of something very important. After we became Christians, we became pilgrims. Our status, our responsibilities have completely changed. Because in chapter 2, verse 9, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. We have already changed our status. We are his royal priesthood. We are a holy nation. We are God's special possession, his chosen people. And our responsibility is to declare the praises and make known the God who has called us out of darkness into his wonderful light. But how? But how? But how? How to do it? It's easy for us to just say this, but how do we really live this out? In chapter 2, verses 11, until uh, chapter 3, verses seven. Verse, uh, verse 7, Peter here shows us a very special uh, way of doing it. Submission. Submission. Submission is a very important but yet a very simple way for us to fulfill the responsibility that God has given us. In chapter 2 verses 13 to 17, Peter here teaches us how to submit to the government. Submit to the national government. While in verses 18 to 20, we are taught how to submit to our masters, your employer. Submit to the master of your household. Well, chapter 3, verses 1 to 7, teaches us how to submit to the husbands. Today, let's look at how wives can submit to their husband and how husbands should treat their wife. It is how uh, husband and wife can live along and go and live along peacefully. If you study this passage uh, carefully, you would notice something very simple. The first six verses deals with how a wife should submit her husband. Especially those husbands who are not worthy of your submission. But you should continue in submitting to them. While in verse 7, teaches husband how they should treat their wife. So the first six verses, the way of being a wife. Well, verse 7, the way of being husband. Let's, uh, let's uh, study this. How do we be 
a wife. Look at verse 1. Wives in the same way submit yourselves to your husbands so that in any, if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives. In the original text, in the same way. So there was this phrase there that's recorded here, in the same way. In the same way, what does this refer to? It refers to chapter 2, verse 13. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human authority, whether the emperor to the emperor as the supreme authority. In the same way. In the same way. Submit to every human authority. In chapter 3, verses 1 to 7, that is the order of things that the Lord has set for the household. We who are wives have to submit to our husbands that your husbands may be your head. Your wives, you don't need to listen to other male speaking. Just listen to what your husband is telling you. Uh, including those husbands who have yet to come to know the Lord. Those husbands who are whom you deem unworthy. Unreasonable. Unreasonable. This reminds us as wives of something very important. No matter what type of husband you may have, maybe he's very handsome, or very ordinary, a very intelligent husband, or a, probably a foolish husband, a husband with leadership, or a husband without any leadership quality, a husband with a very vibrant and mature spiritual life, or a husband with a very lukewarm spirituality, or in fact a husband who has yet to know the Lord. Please remember, if, she, if he is your husband, then you, you have to submit to him. But our submission to human authority has a limit. While our submission towards the Lord is unlimited. Whatever it is that the Lord has instructed us to do, we have to submit fully. But that's not the way we have, uh, we should respond to our husband. If what is requested from you by your husband is against the truth, you have the right to say no and you, no, no. You have the right to refuse and say no. Because the apostle said, it is much, um, it's proper that we submit to God, listen to God instead of listening to men. Unless that is, that is the only exception for the rule. You can say and no, no. And that is the only occasion wherein you can refuse and say no. So that's why Peter said, If any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives. God is 100% accurate. But, but when we implement it, when we live it out, we often have doubts, we often have confusion. 
this true? Is this accurate? Can I truly change my husband? Can I truly move him? My husband is one who refused to listen to the word of God. And he has never stepped foot inside a church. Can I truly change my husband or move my husband through my behavior? The first thing, let me ask you. Are there wives like this? Have you truly lived lives in which your behavior can change your husband? This is number one. That's number one. Number two. Number two. If for the sake of discussion, your behavior is truly perfect, there are husbands that are, that are truly very stubborn. Regardless of what you do or what you say, they will refuse to listen. So how can you change that husband? In 1 Samuel chapter 25, it records there a sister named Abigail. Abigail was described by the Bible as somebody who's very beautiful and very capable and very intelligent. Yet, she was completely submissive to her husband, Nabal. Nabal's name means fool. I don't know why I don't know why the parents would name their child Nabal or fool. But Nabal was truly a fool. Because of what he did, he was almost uh, completely uh, 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 slayed by David and his men. It was only by the, by the intervention of Abigail that their lives were saved. If we find a sister as good as Abigail, and yet Nabal, who was an, who was an unbeliever, and Nabal was never changed. So was the Bible mistaken? The Bible is never mistaken. Here the Bible is showing us something very important. Wives, what your, uh, what your foundation is, what your true nature is, it's for you to submit completely. That's your true nature. That should be your basic nature to submit to your husband. Your, if your behavior can change your husband, can move your husband, that is a bonus. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. And uses us to spread the aroma of the knowledge of him everywhere. After we became Christians, our lives changes. There's an aroma that will come out from our lives. Our speech will be different. Our attitude and behavior will be different. When people see us, when people listen to us speak, even though they are non-believers, you would, they would find something special or something unique about you. Because this person, when he speaks, it's different. His attitude, his behavior is different. 
Whether that can influence them to change or not, that's a completely different matter. But you have already shown this very important testimony before man. The most important thing is that your life has already been transformed. Whether your husband will, uh, if your husband has been changed or transformed and influenced by your behavior, then that is God's work. That your life has already been remembered by God. But let me reiterate. Do we find such a such a sister, truly find such a sister? In verses 2 to 6. Shows us three very important traits and one example. The first, if you want to have this influential life, then you have to have purity in behavior. Look at the first six verses. Wives, in the same way, submit your husband uh, to your, uh, submit yourselves to your own husbands, so that in any if any of them do not believe in the, uh, the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives, when they see the purity and reverence of your lives. If, if you have an unbelieving husband and they refuse to step into the church, they, they refuse to listen to the word of God. And you are forcing them to attend church or worship service. They probably would come here and sleep. Then what is the use? What's the purpose? Peter said, If they refuse to listen, then show them. What do we show them? Show them your, the purity of your behavior. NIV offers purity. In NIV, it's translated as purity. ESV respectful and pure conduct. Well, in ESV, it's uh, translated as respectful, respectful and pure conduct. It means both simply means to be focused on loving your husband. If you are to look it in the context of our verses, we are speaking about an unbelieving husband. Because uh, even though their wives shown this um, uh, shown her faith, they uh, they are still un unsatisfied. So. That's why Peter has encouraged the wife by saying, You have to remain steadfast and focus on loving your husband. Use your behavior to move and to influence your husband. Not, it shouldn't be because of the differences in your faith that you become irritated, you become annoyed, you become, uh, you will nag your husband or leave your husband. But in, in reality, and, uh, in First Timothy, Paul already has the same kind of attitude. You know, that's how my mother was able to influence my father to, into believing in the Lord. It's not easy for us to change and to influence others. My father was a very typical Chinese. He was the king of our household. Whatever he say, all of us have to obey. After my mother became a Christian, my father was so angry. 
but my mother never never left my father. With gentleness and spirit, she responded to my father for 20 years. My father went with my mother to the church for 20 years before he came to know the Lord personally. Suddenly, she, he said to my mother, I want to be baptized. But I have one request. And I was requested to come back to Hong Kong to baptize my father. So I flew back to Hong Kong to baptize my own father. After my father became a Christian, it's truly the work of the Holy Spirit. This is truly the work of the Holy Spirit. But my mother played a big part in it. So dear sisters, Use your behavior to show your husband. Don't listen. Not, she, not, not just listen to what you're saying. But he will see how you live your life. Second, we, uh, the wives need to have a heart that reveres God. Look at verse two, uh, verse twenty-one. When they see the purity and reverence of your lives, you have to have a heart that truly reveres God. Not only do your husband, does your husband see the purity in your behavior, but instead, uh, but added to that, they will see that how you fear and revere God. What does this mean? That your husband will see that you truly fear God. You know, no matter how fierce your husband may be, no matter how uh, unjust he may be, nor, nor uh, how bad tempered he may be, your husband can never put you in hell. Only God can place your soul in hell. So do not fear your husband. Instead, fear your God. That your husband would be very clear when he sees this. My wife is not afraid of anything except God. She's not even afraid of me. Then she will start thinking, is the God that she believes in real or not? You understand what I'm saying? After my mom became a Christian, my parents were vendors outside. My mother said, Sunday we will not open our store. My father became so anxious about it. Sunday is the best time for business. My mother said no. I said why? Sunday is the time for worship. My father was so angry. He, he thought that by becoming angry, my, uh, my mother would submit to him. I don't know where my mom got her fortitude. 
when she refused, she refused. Sunday is a time for worship. We will spend that morning in worship. I will not open store. If you want to open, you open it by yourself. You know the first month? My father would just go and open a store by himself. Let me tell you. If, if you leave a man to just mind the store, then they will not profit. Because they are not very good in, in uh, a customer relationship. So for a month, we suffered greatly. So he had to meekly submit and not open the store on Sunday morning. Where did my mom find her courage? It came from the Lord. Because she feared God more than she feared her husband. Your wives, I'm not telling you to quarrel with your husband. But you have to show your husband something very clear. When it's a matter of the truth, I fear God more than I fear you. The three friends of, the, of Daniel was truly like that. When they were asked to worship that golden image, if not, if they refuse, then they will be thrown into the fiery furnace. When they refuse, they refuse completely. And if it's my fate to be thrown into the fiery furnace, so be it. Because I fear God and I do not fear you. That's why even though you are the king of Babylon and you may be the most powerful man on earth during your time but I am not afraid of you. So the result instead of seeing three person inside the fiery furnace he saw four. And the king was perplexed because he threw uh, three men into the furnace, yet he saw four men walking around the furnace. <laughs> Son of God was there walking with them. As a result, even the king of Babylon uh, came to fear the Lord. My father was a very bad-tempered person. Not only does he scold people, but he will hit people. But my mom is not afraid of him. When she stood before the Lord, she does not fear her husband. Maybe because of that reason. Probably my father was thinking in her mind, most likely the, the God that my wife believes in is a real God. Your wife. You fear your husband. Even though you may fear your husband, but do you fear God more? May the Lord help you. We have to fear God more. Because He is the one true God in all the world. There's no greater being, there's no greater God than our God. Don't be afraid of any other gods. Because they are false gods. And because our God is only the, the is the only true and living God. Third, you need to exhibit as a wife, you need to exhibit your inner beauty. Look at verses 3 and 4. Your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as elaborate hairstyles, the wearing of gold jewelry, or fine clothes. Rather, it should be that your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, 
which is of great worth in God's sight. In chapter 3, verses 3 and 4, that is a comparison. Verse 3 talks about your outward beauty, while verse 4 talks about your inner beauty. Don't use your outward beauty to attract people, yet instead use your inner beauty to attract other people. But don't misinterpret this. The Bible has never in any way opposed our sisters to put on makeup. If you want to do your hair, go. If you want to color your hair, as long as your husband is not opposed to it, go. If you want your hair to have rainbow colors, go. If your husband agrees, then go. If your husband refuses, please don't do it. There's no sin in doing your hair. There's no sin in dressing beautifully. Before Queen Esther visited the king, the Bible was clear. She put on the, the, the garments fit for a queen. She made herself very attractive. She put on her makeup and make herself attractive before the king. There is nothing wrong there. There are occasions wherein we need to put on makeup, then go ahead. What is Peter saying here? Your sisters. Don't use these elaborate hairstyles wearing of gold and fine jewelry as uh, to become your God. It is not your God. These things are not your Solomon God. Solomon Solomon, King Solomon said, Charm is deceptive, beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Your wives, your your gentle spirit should become your most attractive trait. Gentle spirit is nature. Gentle spirit is the nature that God has created for women. I 100% believe there is no sister who wants to become like this. None of, the, none of the women would like to be a vixen or a shrew, a, a fierce and unreasonable woman. There's no woman who wants to be like that. As sisters, you want to be like this? You are very quarrelsome outside. But, we need to ask ourselves this question. How come such women truly exist in this world? It's not the same as your true nature. You know why? You know why? Because we have been changed by our environment. But, uh, please remember, your environment will change you. Dear brothers, if you do not truly protect the woman in your life, let me tell you, if she does not feel protected, then she will rise up and protect herself. She will lose her gentle nature and gentle spirit. 
So who's at fault? It is the fault of the husband. Husbands. If you see that your wife is becoming is your wife is becoming more unreasonable, the more she will become very rude. Do not be angry with her. Is it because you are unprotective of her? You have not been helpful of her. She needs to stand up and protect herself. In case. In case. If there's a conflict between the mother-in-law and daughter-in-law, I'm not saying who's right and who's wrong. Dear brothers, you have to stand up and speak. You have to speak for your wife. Protect your wife. Protect your wife. I'm not saying, I'm not saying nor am I implying that your mother is wrong. But if you refuse to protect your wife, then she will become very harsh. May the Lord help us. Dear sisters, we are truly very sensitive. The sisters are more sensitive than, than the men. That's why they can see things that we who are men cannot see. So dear sisters, so speak slowly. Be quiet. When you see things, doesn't mean that you have to say it out immediately. Because in God's eyes, the most important thing in a woman is her gentle spirit. Your sisters, I want to let you know something. If you have a husband who's ill-tempered, when we are faced with a very gentle wife, then our temper cannot come out. Whether you scolded her, I scold him. Uh, when you scold your wife, then she remained quiet. Even though you continue on saying things, she would bow her head. How can you continue? My wife, my wife's name is Jubilee. It's one of the most gentle uh, women here in our church. For a period of time, she was helping out in our church. When I speak with her, she was so gentle that it's hard for me to continue speaking. You ask, uh, you can ask me. That uh, I, I find it hard to become angry and stay angry. If you have that kind of wife, regardless of how angry you want to be, you cannot stay angry. But if you have a wife who fights back, who loves to answer back, then you say, praise yeah, God, let's bring it on. Because if I speak one word, she would answer back three words. Then I, I'm, I thank God because he has given me a worthy opponent. Of course, you would argue and you would uh, scold each other nonstop. But let me tell you, it's hard for us men to prevail over women. As, as a result, then we would resort to violence. Then we would hit them. 
门都接出嚟啦。所以圣言教导呢就系大字。That's why the Bible teaches us。知咩啊 ？Your sisters。咩母鸡是邓张涛 spirit 邓姑嘅温柔啦。Your best weapon against your husband is your Enduring gentle spirit. Of course, I'm not guaranteeing that it will completely change your husband. Because if you have a husband like Nabal, then they will never change. But you have already been accepted by God. And you have already done your part as a good wife. And you would say it's so hard, it's so difficult. With the example, here is an example. In verse five, with the example, there's an example that's being shown here. For this is the way the holy women of the past, who put their hope in God, used to adorn themselves. They submitted themselves to their own husbands, like Sarah, who obeyed Abraham and called her, called him her lord. You are her daughters if you do what is right and do not give way to fear. Like Sarah. Like Sarah. Sarah is then a typical example. Sarah is a role model for us women. Now Sarah is not a perfect woman. Of course, Sarah is not a perfect woman. Sarah has mistreated her own servant Sarah has mistreated her own servant Hagar. Took Hagar out. And she has drove away. She had drove away. So Sarah was not perfect. Sarah was not a perfect woman. But Sarah was a good woman. But Sarah has something. That her whole life she submitted and obeyed Abraham. You know Sarah is so beautiful. When she was sixty-five. The king of the king of Egypt, Pharaoh, wanted her to become his wife. When she was eighty plus years old, King Abimelech wanted her to become his wife. Imagine, imagine. 不执气咯啊 ！Eighty years old， 够冷跌呢啦。There are people who are still after you。所以拜你几次登嗰邪沙拉卡咩 ？So when you get uh uh went to go to heaven in the future， look up Sarah。你很那个很水吧你 ？Are you truly that beautiful？ 但系沙拉唔那是水啊。Not not only was Sarah beautiful。你知啊，水好难养哦，双双我这个 mistake 就是骄傲。You know a very common trait of women who are very beautiful is their their arrogance。因为我水啊。Because I'm beautiful。你看我水。Look at me, I'm beautiful. I'm more beautiful than all, all of you, and you're not as beautiful. That's why pride comes in. Sarah is not like that. Sarah was a very submissive wife. So when Abraham was instructed by the Lord to leave his homeland, Sarah followed Abraham. Sarah followed Abraham. Remember, Ur was during its time one of the most prosperous place in the world. There was no place better than Ur during that time. It was a place with a great culture, civilization. It was a place of civilization. It was a place of Vibrant finances. You know where he was called to go? Go to the land of Canaan. No. But when they were instructed to leave, God did not tell them where they would be going. Just imagine. Would you, when you're going out, and the whole, the whole, you want to migrate to another place with your whole household. And when your wife asks you where will we migrate to, I don't know. I don't know. 
Then she would say, probably, are you fool? Are you foolish? Of course, it's a very natural reaction that we would call our husband a fool. And Abraham answered, God instructed me. Abraham by faith went out. Sarah, by submission, she followed her husband. Whatever, wherever my husband will go, I will follow. Sarah never abandoned her husband. Please don't uh, forget one thing. Even though Abraham for two occasions disowned Sarah as his wife, that she told people that Sarah was her, uh, his sister. And, she, and he gave out Sarah to other people. And he even got uh, compensated for it. Your wives. Would you still remain with your husband if your husband is like that? I'm sure that you would probably want to divorce him. If I were, let me ask my wife if I were to give her away with compensation for one million, would she divorce me or not? Sarah is Sarah never left her husband. That's why she was praised by the scripture. Your church. I know submission is a difficult lesson. But that is how we are being taught by the scripture. That is the attitude we should have as wives towards our husband. How about husband? How do we treat our wife? There's only one verse. Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as, your, as you live with your wives. Treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life, so that nothing will hinder your prayers. Do you find it unfair? There were six verses devoted to the wives. Submit your husband. But there's only one verse that is dedicated to the husband. Unfair, man. Is it, isn't it unfair? Don't uh, forget Ephesians chapter 5. From 22 to 20, verses 22 to 23. And Paul uses these three verses to talk about how the wives should submit to the husband. But you, Paul used nine verses to speak to the husbands. The Bible is very fair. Paul's focus there was how husbands should behave. But Peter's focus was on how wives should behave. In for Peter, there's only one point here for the husbands. Husbands, be considerate as you live with your wives. Be considerate. Use your knowledge, use your wisdom on how to live with your wife in the original text. Right? We know as husbands that we should love our wives. But how do we love them? You need to have the knowledge of love. We don't you only use our heart, but we use our mind. 
Knowledge is important. Knowledge is important. If you are to employ a driver, if you need a driver, then a brother would, would apply for that job. That person may be the most loving person in the whole church. But he may be the most unskilled driver. Whenever he drives, he would have go into an accident. Chairman, Let me ask you. Would we employ such a driver? He's such a loving driver. Would we shouldn't we employ him? Of course not. Because we are employing him as a driver. If he doesn't know how to drive properly, then why should we employ him? There are some Christians who are very strange. When you go to a restaurant to eat, why do we go to this restaurant? Because this restaurant is owned by a Christian. The chef there doesn't know how to cook. And the food doesn't taste good. How about the, the restaurant beside it? It's owned by a Buddhist. The chef there is really excellent. So where do we eat? If I were to give, be given a choice, probably I'm not that spiritual. I would go to the other one. Because I'm there to eat. I'm not there to preach. We find it strange many in the when we go to a doctor. What kind of a doctor do you find? We want to find a Christian doctor. No. No. I want to find the most skilled doctor. Because I'm entrusting my life into his hand. He's a Christian. Among his patients, ten of them, nine of them would die. Why should I entrust myself to such a doctor? Do you understand what I'm saying? You, you, need, you need to use your knowledge, your mind. You love your wives. Use your mind, use your knowledge to love your wife. You know, you know husbands, quite, we husbands often quarrel. There's a term. Condition reflect. It's a called condition reflex. It's a conditioned reflex. Many times the reason why we quarrel, it's because we say that it's because of a difference in opinion. Yes, it may start out that way. And it may be the start of the conflict. For example, for example, for example, example uh, hopefully this will not happen. Today, as you come to church, you are uh, you argued with your wife in the car. Why, do you, why did you fight? You know? Because the sister would like to make herself more attractive. She spent more time putting on makeup. And today our brother Alex is the uh, MC. Sister Ruby spent a lot of time putting on her makeup. And she, he was in such a hurry. And he would say to her, please do it faster because I'll be late. And Sister Ruby would say, keep quiet, I'm taking my time here. It's okay if you become late. And Brother Alex would say, I'm the MC. So argument would happen. You know, up, till one, up to a point, 
本唔会激烈会做乜大事混嘅。You would forget the reason why you are arguing in the first place。即系战，跟住战住人啊，跟住 conditional reflex， 战住人啊，反应啊。It's a very natural reaction. It's our conditioned reflex。冷混嘅都是人哋。That's how we fight. That's how we crawl。冇，完全冇见激烈头壳。Because we don't think things through。因为呢个就 reflection 啊。Because this is a reflex。你我只声，我只只拉花拉大声。Because if you shout at me, my reflex is to shout back。你话，我想那那话车是准。Sometimes when we drive， 人割你令。Somebody beat， somebody cut you。你那只真主人等你拉大声。Your reflex would be to， 啊、uh, ，to sit on your horn。对方呢 ？How about your opponent？ 主人跟你 respond， 你只声。They would just，they would respond by honking their horn。结果呢 ？So what happens？ 有人开灯啊。People will open their window. So they get dirty finger out. And they would point out the dirty finger. Oh, you don't wait. Don't go to the tank. So you will not be able to stand if you open your window. So they get gun out. And then you take your your weapon out. Okay. Kiss it, lor. Go low, me, lor. And after fighting, you would forget the main reason why there's a there's a conflict in the first place. Conditional effect. Because that's our conditioned. Reflex. This is the two animals. That's how we are. That's our. That's our nature. You want to do? I'm not doing. So you say, Pastor, what should I do? Camping, discipline, training, discipline. You need spiritual discipline. That's why we need to train ourselves in our spiritual discipline. Because the two animals. That's how we are. This is the point. For example, to pick myself as example, when somebody cuts me when I'm driving, I become angry at times. And 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 the future, and I remember one thing. What if that person has an emergency? So he cut my lane. That's why he cut my lane. So when I think about those things, I will calm down. Just like when you're driving, that's why when you hear a siren from an ambulance, it's a natural reflex or response for us to. Uh, put our car aside. Because you would think of one thing. There's an emergency case, a life and death situation. I have to allow this ambulance to bring the patient to the hospital. This is a training. So don't respond with your nature. Because our nature is a sinful nature. That's how conflicts arise. So dear brothers, be considerate. Please be considerate when you live with your wives. There's a book. This, this is a non-Christian book. And we find the title to be very interesting. Men are from Mars and women are from Venus. This is a very good book. So take time to read and learn from it. Here it clearly shows us the difference between men and women. So may the Lord help us. We need to understand. When we when we love somebody, we need to love with knowledge. Because without knowledge, then that kind of the love that you're manifesting may not be true love. Peter here shows us shows us a reason. Why is it necessary to be considerate? Because we need to be considerate when we live with our wives. Because we need to be considerate when we live with our wives. Because we need to be considerate when we live with our wives. Because we need to be considerate when we live with our wives. Because we need to be considerate when we live with our wives. Because we need to be considerate when we live with our wives. Because we need to be considerate when we live with our wives. Because we need to be considerate when we live with our wives. Because we need to be considerate when we live with our wives. Because we need to be considerate when we live with our wives. Because we need to be considerate when we live with our wives. Because we need to be considerate when we live with our wives. Because we need to be considerate when we live with our wives. Because we need to be considerate when we live with our wives. Because we need to be considerate when we live with our wives. 
I'm sure a lot of women would react negatively when they hear this. We are not weaker than men. We are not less intelligent. In fact, we may be more intelligent or just as intelligent. We are not lesser than men. That's not the meaning here. So, dear brothers, you need to understand something here that's very important. In uh, Genesis chapter 2, verse 28, it's not good for the man to be alone. Tells us it's not good for man to live alone. So God made a helper suitable for him. That's why God created a helper suitable for man. So women, you are created to be your husband's help. But please remember, to be a helper doesn't mean you're less in your status to your husband. Because we often have the mistaken uh, impression that when we speak of an assistant, it's somebody who's lesser than us. It truly means that Eve was representing God in helping Adam. So women, you are not lesser than men. Look at this. You probably, probably understand this. When the serpent came to tempt Eve, you know that they had this long conversation. Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? So they went on in their conversation. So as, the, as they conclude, the serpent said, The serpent said to Eve, You will certainly not, you will not certainly die, for God knows that when you eat, from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So they went on in their conversation. Eve stood there and listened. So she was, she was convinced and she ate. But study the Bible. After Eve ate of the fruit, how did she ask uh, Adam to Eve? Did she converse? No. She brought the fruit. Eat. So Adam just ate. That's an order. I ask you to eat, you eat. Who's better? See how brilliant Eve was? She just, she just commanded her husband to eat without a word. Adam dare not respond. So dear brothers, don't say that you're good. You're not really that good. Believe me when I say this. Your wife is beside you and she would know when you're in danger or not. You probably would complain against her most of the time. One day when she's not beside you, you would notice one thing. You probably cannot live by yourself. So, that's why a lot of husbands, when their wives pass away, they would need to remarry. Because they need. 
It's not a matter of sex. Because he needs a companion. How about women? Let me tell you. If, if, for most of the widow, about half of them, they will never remarry because they don't need a man. When the husband dies, I'm free. I'm free. I'm not, I'm not so dumb that I'll remarry. So now you understand who's better. But how did the Bible, why, why did the Bible describe women as the weaker, weaker partner? But in the original text, it's recorded there as a weaker vessel. Both men and women are tools being used by God. There are there are vessels to be used by God. Women are the weaker vessel. Because women are weaker physically than most men. It's more it's a bit difficult for women to win in any athletic situation against the man. For example, when you say badminton, the number one ranked women singles badminton player cannot prevail over the number one ranked male. Uh, this is an impossibility. Because their physical attributes are different. This is because of the physical nature of, of uh, human beings. Second, when we talk about emotions, you know, and women are um, easily kidnapped by emotion. Because they are more dominated by their emotions. And that's why when women make decisions, it's often being dictated by their emotions. That's why God has created men to be the leader. But it doesn't mean that women is uh, less than men. It's for them to receive God's uh, grace and God's blessings together. That's why in God's eyes, men and women are the same. But we are completely, uh, we are vessels complete, uh, used completely differently by the Lord. That's why Peter said, So treat them with respect so that nothing will hinder your prayers. This is a reminder to us men. Treat our wives with respect. Because they are vessels being used by God. And together with your wives, you will be there to enjoy and fulfill God's blessings and grace. As you respect your wives, nothing will hinder your prayer. You know what this means? It's very simple. When the Lord speaks to you, wives, Submit to your husband. Brothers, love your wives. Listen to me speak. If you listen to me speak, I will listen to you when you pray. But if you refuse to obey me, why then should I obey you or listen to you? So when you respect your wife, you're obeying me and I will listen to you when you pray. That's how 
simple it is. How come I've been praying for a while, but it seems that the Lord remains silent? Because we are not obedient and submissive. It's unfair for us to demand Him to obey us or, or listen to us when we refuse to listen to Him. So may the Lord help us. Husbands, we have our own set of responsibilities just like the wives do have theirs. We who are now Christians, Christian and now pilgrims, may the Lord help us that the world will see what a Christian household truly is. Christian husband or a Christian wife truly is. We will never be perfect in this side of heaven. But we can learn. May the Lord bless us. Let's pray. Let's pray. Dear God, Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this very important and timely reminder for both husbands and wives, Lord. Many times we pray and we do not receive an answer from you, Lord. It's because we are not submissive to you. We are not doing what you have ordered us to do and what you have instructed us to do, Lord. Help us, Lord, as husbands to love our wives just as you want us to love our wives, Lord. And help the wives, Lord, to submit to us as husbands just as uh, because you have instructed them to do it for your sake, Lord. Help us to submit to you. Help us to establish a household that truly reflects you and your love so that other people can see and learn your love too, Lord. We entrust the whole church, our family, our marriages into your hand. May we submit to you and may we be blessed by you. This is our prayer in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Amen.